Happy Palm Sunday. Go ahead. You can give God praise for me walking on the stage. That's fine. It's fine. Thank you for leading us into that, Pastor Brian. I, I got you there. Uh, <laughs> hey, it's good to see everybody this morning. Uh, if you're like, hey, who's the short guy on the stage? My name's Anthony, and uh, it, is, uh, it is a privilege to be able to uh, serve along so many of you here at chapel and just uh, just just see God work in and through this place and it is a treat for me to be able to share God's word with you guys this morning uh, I want to uh, say a big thank you to a few few folks I don't know if you guys noticed or not uh, if this is your first Sunday you probably it's not a big deal to you but for our regulars the stage looks a little bit different this Sunday uh, and Pastor Brian led the charge with that along with Tommy Alexander and Mike Aldridge and their friend Sergio. I think we had uh, Ben Heinkel come in and help us out as well. What do you guys think? Is it not amazing? Yeah. Looks great. They did a great job. Or we can just take this week and put it back like it was. Oh, what do you think, Pastor Brian? He said no. Okay. It does look great uh, getting us ready for Easter, a new stage set. Thank you guys for helping us out, making it look so good. You just did a fantastic job. Hey, we're excited about Easter. Uh, I know the video just played, but I just want to piggyback on that video. Make sure you join us for Good Friday, Picket on Cord, and then Easter services next week as well, uh, Sunday 9 and 11. We really believe that God is... Um, is going to use this Easter as a mile marker for us here at chapel so we can look back and say, you know what, God did something amazing at Easter 2022. He just did something incredible in chapel, and uh, we just want you to be a part of that. Uh, Friday, picket on court. Uh, we have uh, the Stations of the Cross downtown. This is a little out of the box, a little different, but we're excited about being downtown Florence. How many know that God's called us to reach out and be a part of our community? to be in our community, to make a difference in our community. And we're praying that this would be an opportunity, not just for us here at Chapel, but for people that are downtown, walking around downtown, just uh, would be able to walk in and on Good Friday go through and see the Stations of the Cross. And maybe some of them, hey, you never know, might hear the gospel for the first time. They might give their hearts to Jesus in that moment for the first time. Hey, you know, God's he can do that in people's lives. Like, it doesn't have to happen in a church service. He can do it on a Friday, uh, Good Friday downtown. So we're excited about that. 12 until 8, come and go as you please. Bring your family, bring your friends. We'd love to see you. Our staff will be there hosting everybody. So come out. We're also going to have communion available. We'll have the elements there so you can share in communion with your family and friends that Sunday as well. And then Easter Sunday, 9 and 11, uh, right here, you got uh, a little invite card, or if you didn't get it, there should be some available on your way out. This is what we have. It's what we have. Uh, hopefully you'll get some on your way out. And with supply constraints, you might not get another one until 2025. I don't know. So, But make sure you grab one of these. And I want you to ask God right now, who do, who do you want me to invite? Who do you want me to ask to be a part of Easter service this week? Because I believe that God's going to place some divine opportunities in front of you this week for you to say, you know what? I'm going to invite this person to chapel. I'm going to share the gospel with them. And this is just a tool that we can use to do that. Amen? This is just a tool we can use to do that. So I want you to ask right now, and we're going to pray, and then we're going to pray of the word before we jump in. We're going to pray that God would, would put some people's names on our hearts that he wants us to reach out to. 
and that we would be available and open for him to change our course. And maybe we're eating dinner somewhere and there's a, a waiter or waitress at a restaurant that he just wants us to invite. Maybe we're out in the community and in our neighborhood, uh, you know, there's somebody he wants us to invite. Maybe we're at the ballpark and there's somebody he wants us to invite. I want to encourage you to be open to that and just ask God to use you this week as you invite some folks to Easter Sunday next Sunday here at chapel. Would you pray with me and let's just ask God to, uh, to use us this week. Father, we love you. God, what a privilege it is to, to be able to be used by you. We, we, are, we are your instruments here on this earth. God, to bring the hope and the love of the gospel to a lost and hurting and broken world. And God, I pray that as we prepare for this Easter week, God, Good Friday at Picket on Court, God, I pray that, that we'd be open, God, just to, to welcome people into that environment. God, that people downtown, walking around downtown, they would, they would show up. They, maybe they don't even know why, God, but they would walk into a building, God, and they would hear the story of the gospel. They would be changed. They would be transformed. And God, that people would be at Easter services this coming Sunday, God, 9 and 11, and, and they would come to one of those service and they just, services and they would be changed and transformed. And God, I pray, God, that you would open our eyes to divine opportunities this week. God, we pray that you would lay some people on our hearts, on our minds, that we need to invite this week to Easter services next weekend. God, and as we step out in faith, God, that you would just do a work in their hearts and in their lives. God, and that we, God, would be able to bring the gospel to our community here in the Shoals area. And God, I pray for your word today. God, I pray, God, that you would take your word, God, and that it would, it would, it would challenge us, it would change us, it would transform us, and that we would walk out of here different, God, not because, God, of a song we sung today, God, or a person we listened to, but because your word changed and challenged our hearts today. So we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Everybody says... Amen, amen, amen. Hey, if you are new to chapel, uh, once again, welcome. We have been walking through this series called Masterclass, and it's all about the Sermon on the Mount. And we're just walking kind of verse by verse, section by section, through this entire series about what Jesus said to us on the Sermon on the Mount. And we, we've called it Masterclass because we really believe that everything Jesus shared with us in this, his first public message, is applicable to us still today. How many of you still believe that? I mean, everything that he taught is still applicable to us still today in this first message that he taught in Matthew 5. So today we're actually getting to the first segment of scriptures where he talks about salt and light. Everybody say salt. Come on, say it like you mean it. Say salt. Now say light. He calls us to be salt and light. So the title is Salt, Light, and Glory. Salt, Light, and and glory. And in Matthew 5, 13 through 16, that's the, the passage we're going to be reading today. I'll give you a second to turn there, but we're going to be reading about how Jesus called us to be salt, light, and to give glory to our Father who is in heaven. It says this, it says, you are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. 
It says, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. It says, in the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. So that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. You know, something I love about this passage as we get ready to dig in is that he makes it very personal. He says, you are the salt. He says, you are the light. He doesn't say the church is the salt. The church is the light. He doesn't say that, hey, his disciples are the salt. His disciples are the light. What does he say? He says, you are the salt and you are the light. He makes it very personal. And I want to let you know this morning, if you hear nothing else, you need to hear this, that, that your mission here on this earth is very important when it comes to Christ and what he's called you to do. It's not insignificant. Wherever he has you, whatever role he has you in, whatever he's called you to, whether it's in the marketplace or whether it's in ministry or whether it's a side hustle or whatever it is, God has called you to something specific, and it is not insignificant. You do your role, you do it with excellence, and see God use you to be salt and light in this world. Amen, chapel? Do it. Do it well. Do it with excellence because he's called you to something. You know what? He's called your neighbor to something else. He's called your neighbor on the other side to something else. He's called you to be salt and to be light. My, my sermon in a sentence, I usually try to do this just to kind of clarify where we're going at the top of the message is, is, this, is this today. May who I am and what I do impact others in such a way so that it will give glory to my Father who is in heaven. May who I am and what I do impact others in such a way so that it will give glory to my Father who is in heaven. That's what these verses are talking about. That's what Jesus is wanting to communicate in these few verses is, hey, may who you are as a Christ follower and may what you do impact other people in such an important and significant way that it will cause them not to bring glory to you, no, that's not what it's about, but so that it will bring glory to your Father who is in heaven. Let our lives always, always point to Jesus and not us. Let our lives always point to the kingdom and what the kingdom is about and not our kingdom and what we're about. May who I am and what I do impact others in such a way so that it will give glory to my Father who is in heaven. Now, I've got two boys, and sometimes they make me really, really proud, and they give great glory to their Father, and I'm so proud of them. There are some times, though, where they do not make me that proud. Anybody with kids in the room, you're like, yeah, I've been there. <laughs> like, two boys, it happens. It happens a lot. So there are times, like, uh, Miss, Miss Rhodes was in first service. My youngest, Knox, is in her classroom. And there are sometimes he comes home, and he'll come home with a nice note. And, like, he's done great. Knox, it's my boy. I'm so proud of you. Way to go. Way, way to kill it. You just crushed it today. And then there are other days he comes home with a note, and I'm like, Knox, what happened at school today? You got in trouble? I'm like, quit acting like your mama, boy. 
You got you to change that. You got to start acting like your dad. You got to start doing the right things. You know, and, and so many times I think, I, I don't know about you, but, but there's been times I've disappointed my father who is in heaven. There's been times I've fallen short so, so many times. But recently, just in my own personal life, it's, it's my goal in all that I do, private moments, public moments, when I'm in front of people, when nobody else is around, let what I do bring glory to my Father who's in heaven. Man, I, yeah, I, I know, I'm, I'm not perfect. I'm far from perfect. Trust me, if you knew my story, <laughs> you'd be like, wow, Pastor Bobby let that guy on stage today. But um, I am at this place, though, where I'm like, God, let who I am and what I do bring glory to my Father in heaven. Let it impact others in such a way that it brings glory to my Father who is in heaven. Is that anybody else's heart this morning? Oh, man, we're going to have a great time this morning. You know, I want to preface everything I'm about to say with this. You know, Christ is our ultimate source. You guys know that. Christ is, is where we draw everything from. And we're going to talk about being salt and being light this morning. But you got to know that we could not be salt and we could not be light unless we drew from the source of Christ himself. Unless we drew from the ultimate source of, of God himself. He is the source of our salt. He is the source of our light. He is the source of our saltiness. It's, been a, it's kind of a negative term these days, but we'll talk about that in a minute. He is the source of our light in our lives. We can only be salt and we can only be light because we are, we are drawing from the source of salt and we are reflecting the light of God in our lives. He is the ultimate source. We can be people of salt and light only because of him and, and his spirit working in our lives today. You got to know that this is not about anything we can do on our own. It's only about what we can do through the strength and power and grace and kindness of our God in heaven shining down on our lives. See, salt and light are, are two very unique illustrations that Jesus used to communicate what, what we should be like. He, he, he chose salt and light for a reason, and he put them in that specific order for a reason as well. I think he said, you know, salt and light. What he didn't say we were to be is we're not to be sugar and darkness, but we're to be salt and light. Salt is a, is, a, is a mineral that we need in our body. we got to have it in our bodies for us to be able to function. you got to have salt in your system. Sugar, on the other hand, we don't really need as much sugar in our lives. How many of y'all say, i got way too much sugar in my life? Like, I make coffee, and it's like syrup after I put all my sugar and stuff in it. So he said we're to be salt, not sugar. He said we're to be light, and our darkness. You know, our natural tendency is to darkness, isn't it? Our natural tendency is not to, to light. Our natural, selfish, our natural fleshly tendency is to darkness, not, not light. We, we want to do things that we know we probably shouldn't do. We are born into sin. We're not born into light. We are, we are born into darkness. And it takes a transforming power of His Holy Spirit it takes the transforming power of God in our lives to call us out of darkness and to embrace the light. 
to give us a character and integrity and, and values in our lives that say no to darkness but embraces the light, to say no to sugar and, embla- and embrace the salt, to be salt and to be light. The, important, the, the order is, is so important too. I don't believe that Jesus does anything by accident. Anybody else believe that? I believe everything he does, he does with great intentionality. And he said, hey, you're to be salt first and then light. And I think, you know, we are who we are, salt must first lead into to what we do. Who we are as salt and our character on the inside, we'll get to in just a second, leads to, to what we do. Salt and then light. Salt and then light. So many people, they, they try to, to be something that they haven't settled on the inside. And until you've settled who you are, who you're going to follow, who your God is, you'll never shine a light towards Christ in your life. You got to settle this first. And once you settle this first in your heart and your life on the inside, once you get the character, the values, the salt right, then what we do can shine a light and draw others to the kingdom. It's so important to remember that. First, let's talk about salt. Salt speaks of our inner character, speaks of our values, our integrity that can influence this world around us. When we when we let our character and our values and our life align with that of Christ in our hearts and our lives, then we begin to influence the world around us. We become salt. Salt is a product of our character aligning with the character of Christ. Salt is God's grace in our lives through the working of the Holy Spirit. Salt is a byproduct of the life that is surrendered and filled with His Spirit. Salt is a byproduct of someone saying, God, I, I, I just want you. I make room. That song we say, I love it. It's one of my favorite songs right now. God, I make room for you in my life. I make room for you in my life. And Pastor Marissa said it so well. So many times we, we walk out of this room after we've sang a song like that. God, we make room for you, but, but we're so busy with all of our other things. And don't misunderstand me. I know we have schedules and families and lots of things happening in our lives. But we have to be intentional about saying, God, I want your character to be formed in me. I want your values to be formed in me my natural tendency is to go to sugar but I want to be salt my natural tendency is to do the things that I know I don't need to do but in this moment I want to be salt let who I am come into alignment with who you are let who I am be salt in this world today salt's the byproduct of a life that is surrendered and filled with his spirit that trusts him more than anything I love the, the order here in Matthew 5, the Sermon on the Mount. You know, Jesus, he says, you got to be poor in spirit. you got to be broken. Come to me with meekness. Be a person of meekness. Hunger and thirst for righteousness. Be a person full of, of mercy and it is merciful. Be pure in heart. Be a peacemaker. You're going to be persecuted for righteousness sake. And after you've, you've worked through all those things, guess what? Then you are the salt of the earth. But first it starts with 
getting this inside person, this inside man, this inside woman right. You got to first work on who you are on the inside. You got to make sure you're poor in spirit, broken, meek, hungering, and thirsting for righteousness, full of mercy, pure in heart, a peacemaker. You're going to be persecuted for righteousness' sake. And when those things have happened in your life, guess what? That qualifies you as a king, as a son, as a daughter of God to be salt in this world today. This world needs you to be salt. This world needs you to be salt. I, I love the, 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 the verse in Colossians 4, 6. It says, let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. Jesus' audience, they would have connected immediately with this analogy when he said salt. They understood immediately what Jesus was talking about. Salt was valuable during Jesus' time and during his day, during that, during that time frame. And let's talk about some ways that, that salt can, can impact the world around us. And let me warn you, any one of these next few points I'm going to make can be a sermon in and of itself. I'm going to try not to do that, all right? But let's walk through some of these real quick. Why is salt important? How can it impact the world around us? Why do we need to be salt? Because, first of all, pure salt is an antiseptic. Pure salt is an antiseptic, as in septic tank. Yes, it's an antiseptic. Pure salt can help you to, to bring healing to things that are septic around you. Pure salt is an antiseptic. Earlier this year, Pastor Bobby talked about having, uh, uh, us having one word, and I, I'm going to be honest with you guys, I cheated. Uh, I, I have one phrase, not one word. Don't tell him, okay? But my one phrase is this. My one phrase is, the mess is where the mission is. The mess is where the mission is. And God had laid that on my heart at the end of last year, and it just resonated so much with me and my spirit and where I am right now that I had to realize the mess is where the mission is. Because if we aren't salt in the most septic areas and, and portions of our society today, then they will never grow in their healing and their strength and their mercy and their knowledge of God. We, we've got to be salt in some septic areas of our culture today. And it's not fun. It would be a lot easier to go to places that everything's okay and feel like we've made a difference. But we have to choose to go to the places that are broken, that are hurting, and realize that the mess is where the mission is. The mess is where God's called us to be salt the most. The mess is where he's called us to, to be salt in the mess. That's, that's why I love our Adopt-A-Block outreaches. They're incredible. Be involved in our Adopt-A-Block outreaches. We just go to a community that's hurting and broken and say, you know what, we just want to be salt. We just want to help you. We just want to encourage you. We just want to love on you. That's why I love our, our Dream Center. And you, you heard Pastor Jimmy last week share about our, our Dream Center and how we're helping so many families and how, how God's just using this, this body, this, this community to help people through our Dream Center. You know, help for today, hope for tomorrow, to be able to share with them the love of Jesus Christ, to be able to point them towards Jesus. We have to choose to be salt in our community. There, there's broken areas, broken portions of our world, and we have to choose to be salt. And it's not just about donating that's important but going and, and and giving your time going and giving not just your resources but going and volunteering sometimes it's it's easy just to throw money at a problem but sometimes God's called you to go and be salt 
to go out and do what God's called you to do. Salt is also a preservative. Salt delays decay. I believe this, that that you being salt in the earth can delay decay in other people's lives. Pure salt makes you thirsty. Pure salt makes you thirsty. Last night, uh, our family, we, we don't have any groceries in the house. Uh, does that happen with anybody else in their family? Like, we are completely out. So we're like, let's go to dinner because nobody wants a mayonnaise sandwich, all right? So, so we went out to dinner, and we went to a Mexican restaurant, and after eating those chips filled with way too much salt on them, I could not drink enough water. It was just like water, 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 water. Salt creates thirst. And man, the, the way we are salt on this earth for the Lord should create a thirst, should create a hunger, should create people, should, should make people be drawn to Christ within us. We got to be salt. Salt creates thirst. You know, taste and see that the Lord is good. Isn't that what God's word says? I love that scripture. Psalm 34, 8. Taste and see that the Lord is good. And we want to be salt so that they can taste and see that the Lord is good. Pure salt is sometimes also painful to an open wound. Anybody ever been to the beach and maybe you've got a cut on your leg and you go in the ocean? It's not a fun experience, all right? If you've ever done that, you know that it can, it can be painful to an open wound. And sometimes as we're reading God's word, sometimes as we open this word, none of us are perfect. We're all working through things and we, we may come across something. We may read something and it may be painful to a portion of, of our lives that we've not maybe surrendered to God. And God says, you know what? It's salt on that open wound, but I'm going to bring healing to it if you'll allow me to. Salt can sometimes be painful to us, but it's important to continue to be salt. And then uh, probably the most important one I want to mention to you guys today is is this. Pure salt is is valuable. Everybody say valuable. Pure salt is valuable. Pure salt is valuable. Actually, with a little bit of research, I I found out that, that salt was actually used as currency in the Roman culture during that time. Roman soldiers would not just be paid with coins, they would also be paid with salt. They would be paid with salt, so they would be given salt, and that would be a portion of their salary. And actually, if you look up the word salary, there's a root word from the word salary that is a Latin word. I don't speak Latin, so I'm not going to try to pronounce it. But the root word, the root Latin word is where we get our English word today, salary. Salt was valuable. It was currency to the people of that day. And and let me just encourage you guys. I want to tell you like I tell my boys. Look at my eyeballs. (laughs) You are valuable to God. You're valuable to him. You bring value to the kingdom through your life. You are salt to this earth. You may not feel like you're valuable. You may not feel like what you do is important. Let me tell you what. It doesn't matter. You don't have to have a title to feel like you're valuable. You don't have to make a lot of money to to be valuable in the kingdom. You, you, You don't have to have a certain social status to be valuable in the kingdom. I believe this. The people that are the most valuable to the kingdom are the people we know the least here on this earth. The people that are most valuable are the ones that just consistently, day in and day out, they're salt. 
They just bring glory to their Father in heaven. They just spread salt. They just spread, they, wherever they go, their values line up with Christ. Their values line up with, with who he is, with what he's called them to do. They're just going. They're spreading salt wherever they go. Their values, their, their, their character, their integrity. They say, you know what? It's not about me. It's for the kingdom. Pure salt was valuable. You, you could read this word, verse in Matthew 5 this way. You add value to the earth. Don't lose your value. Or you are the currency of the earth. Jesus was communicating to the people there that day, hey, put your trust in me, because when you put your trust in me, you're going to add value to this world that you can't add in and of yourself. You need me. And when you add me to your life, you are the salt of the earth. You are the currency of the earth. One, one final little thought when it comes to, when it comes to salt in Leviticus chapter 2, I joked in the first service, you know it's going to be a good message when the pastor is preaching out of Leviticus. <laughs> in Leviticus chapter 2, I found this interesting. Verse 13, it says, You shall season all your grain offerings with, anybody know what the next word is? Salt. You guys are cheating, though. It's right there behind me. <laughs> you shall season all your grain offerings with, what is it again? Oh, come on, say it like you mean it. With what? With salt. You shall season all your grain offerings with salt. You shall not let the salt of the covenant with your God be missing from your grain offering. With all your offerings, with all your offerings, you shall offer salt. And now on, on this side of the cross, Jesus, we know, was the, the, the ultimate final sacrifice for us. But what is Paul say that we are in Romans chapter 12. Some of you guys know this verse. It says, now we are living, what's the next word? Sacrifices. Now we are living sacrifices. We are the salt of the earth, the salt of his spirit working in us, the salt of his spirit working through us, the salt of his character and his values and the integrity that he brings to our life. We are the salt of the earth. Why? Because now we are a living sacrifice to God the Father through our lives. We are the salt of the earth. When our salt when the salt of our inner values character reflects, the, reflects Christ, it has a profound effect on the world around us. And then light. Light is a reflection of the light of God on our lives. I mentioned earlier, we, we are not the light. We're not the light. We're just a reflection of the light that's on our lives. Amen, chapel? We're a reflection of that light that is on our lives. We, we are not the light, but we are a reflection of the light of God in our lives. Light is the transforming power of God displayed in our lives through our actions. Light speaks of our outward testimony of good works that points people to a loving and caring God. Light is a symbol of holiness, goodness, knowledge, wisdom, grace and hope light is what we are called to do when people see what we do it is a light to them in our community it is a light to our neighbors how we live our lives is a light to those around us i love the gospel of john and john so beautifully so beautifully kind of weaves this this description of light all throughout the book the gospel of john 
And the first mention of it is in John chapter 1, verses 5, 6, 7, and 8. 6, 7, and 8 says, There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. And verse 9 says, The true light, which is Christ, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. And then John chapter 3, 19 through 21 says, And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world, and people love the darkness rather than the light, because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his works should be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light, so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. I just want to reinforce one more time again. We are not naturally drawn to be light our natural tendency is darkness but jesus came and said you know what embrace me and you embrace the light embrace me and you embrace the light embrace me and you can become the light light is a reflection of the light of god on our lives light not darkness darkness is our natural tendency light is proof of God's transforming power in our lives again the audience that day that Jesus was speaking to they would have immediately known what Christ was talking about they couldn't go to a light switch and flip on a light like we can today we take it for granted right I mean, we have LEDs. They can, be, they can be so bright, they can burn your retinas if you want them to, you know? But they didn't have that advantage in their day. They had light, but it was a light by fire. You had to work for it. You couldn't just get it on demand. They would, they would have understood exactly what Jesus was talking about. They understood the importance of light. They understood the importance of how they needed light to be able to see where they go, where they needed to go, what they needed to do, what to help them with, with their journeys along throughout the week. So what kind of light are we supposed to be? I believe the first one is, I've already mentioned, a reflected light. 1 John 1.5 says, God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. Our light is a reflection of God who is the source of light. The second is we need to be a recognizable light, a recognizable light. People need to see our lives. They need to see the works we do, and they need to recognize that's not us, that's Jesus. People need to see our lives. They need to see the works that we do and say, you know what, that, that cannot be them. That has to be Jesus. There's actually, in the same mountain range that Jesus was speaking that day, there was a city up high, and the name of that city was named Saved. And, and many people think when he was saying, hey, a city on a hill can't be hidden, they really believed that he was sharing about that city because wherever you went in Jerusalem, you could turn and look up on the mountain range, and you know what you could see? You could see a city saved is the name and it could not be hidden why could it not be hidden because it projected the light as the night came they would light the city up and it would shine and everybody knew where that city was everybody knew that hey that's the city of saved a light shining on a hill others will recognize the light of Christ shining from our life others should see that we can't do this on our own others should see man that's not about them that's about christ working in and through them and then the last thing is a responsible light we're responsible to let our light shine you just have to ask yourself are people seeing 
this light? And are they, is my light shining brighter or is it shining dim? Are people understanding that this isn't about me, but that this is about the kingdom? This is about Father God. We have to have a responsible light. And now as we kind of move on towards the end, I want to talk a little bit about contaminated salt and hidden lights. I feel like, you know, Jesus mentioned a a little bit of a warning here in Matthew 5. He said, he said that if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. Then later on about light, he says, people don't light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. It's easy for our salt to be contaminated. Actually, in, in the Roman culture, when people were paid in salt, they would sometimes contaminate the salt with sugar because the sugar looked a lot like the salt. But when salt is contaminated with sugar, it's good for nothing. It can't be sugar or salt. It has to be thrown out. And we know so many people that, and they say they're Christ followers, but Maybe they hide their light. God says, hey, don't don't be afraid to let your light shine. Don't be afraid to let your light shine for me. And maybe recently you've you've been at this moment, you've been at this crossroads, and and you've you've hid your light. And, And, you know, God says, you know, hey, don't be ashamed of me. If you're ashamed of me before men, what does his word say? Then I'll be ashamed of you before my Father in heaven. You have nothing to be ashamed of with the light of Christ shining through your life into the lives of people around you. If we contaminate our salt and hide our light, then the world can't see, taste and see that the Lord is good. I think the ultimate way we contaminate our salt and hide our light is when we make it about us. Isn't that what happens? We try to make it about us, our name, who we are, what we can do. God says, no, 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 it's not about you. It's about me. Pastor Bobby said a few weeks ago, he says, we live in a world that wants to push the light as far away as it can so that we can play in the darkness. And then last is glory to the Father. So, so why are we to be salt and light? I think this is the ultimate reason so that we can bring glory to our Father in heaven. So that other people can be salt and light. So that other people can grow in their knowledge and wisdom and grace of God. We are called to be salt and light so that we can give glory to our Father in heaven. I want you to think back for a minute. Think back to to before you surrendered your heart and life to Jesus. Think back to that moment. Actually, Paul in Ephesians, he, he, he puts it this way. He tells the church in Ephesus, he says, Hey, remember this, for at one time you were in darkness, but now you are light in the world. Walk as children of light. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. Why is it important that we're salt and we're light? It's because there's more people out there that need to become salt and light. And if we aren't salt, and if we aren't light, how will they ever come to Jesus? How will they ever come to Jesus? We have to be salt, and we have to be 
light. Light is for others to see the hope of the Father, to see them grow, to love the light and hate the darkness, to see others be filled with the Holy Spirit and become salt and light uh, as well. We are invited to be active participants in the story that God is writing. We are not just observers. God set his story in motion with us in mind inviting us to join him as, we move, as he moves to bring restoration to everything around us. It's not about us. It's about him. It's about giving glory to the Father in heaven. Deal Moody, he said this. He said, lighthouses don't fire cannons to call attention to their shining. They just shine. In John 3.30, it's one of my favorite verses. And... Um, Actually, it's a verse that I've said many times here at chapel. Uh, and Andrew, if you want to come on up, we're almost finished. It's actually, you know, the, a little bit of understanding the verse. John is, is preaching. He's teaching. He had just baptized Jesus. And his disciples were hearing about this Jesus that was gaining a lot of people, gaining a lot of followers on the other side of the river and they come to him and they say, hey, John, listen, um, we know that, that you baptized this Jesus guy. We understand that, that um, you know, he has his disciples, but he's gaining quite a following. He's actually, some of our people are actually going to, to listen to his teaching now, and, and they're leaving us, and they're, they're not listening to your teaching anymore, and they're, they're kind of doing their own thing with Jesus now. What do, you, what do you want us to do? Like, what's the game plan? Because, you know, people, people are going over there. They're listening. It's just, what, what do we got to do? And John says something so incredible. John 3.30, he says, he, speaking of Jesus, must become greater and greater. And I must become less and less. He must become greater and greater. And I must become less and less. Almost every day, I pray this verse. God, you become greater and greater. And let me become less and less. Because it's not about my name. It's not about people knowing me. It's not about people saying, yeah, that's that guy at chapel or whatever. No, no, no. It's all about people knowing your name. It's all about people coming to an understanding of who you are. It's all about pointing people to the kingdom. And it's my prayer that as we are salt and as we are light, that we would do the same. It's my prayer that as we add value to this world, and as we shine a light on the darkness of this world, that we would not be so worried about us, but we would be so much more worried about our Father who is in heaven and people coming to the realization and understanding of who He is in their lives. I had an illustration uh, first service. It didn't work, so I'm not going to do it this service. But... Um, you could actually create a, you can create a salt current. And what happens is you have a, a light bulb connected to some leads and water. And as you pour salt into the water, the light bulb will begin to light up. I promise it works. I did it like five times yesterday. It was amazing. Today, all right. But as you add salt to the water, the light bulb begins to light up. And the more salt you add to the water, guess what? 
the brighter the light bulb gets. And the more salt, you know, it just keeps getting brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter. I think the same can be true of our lives. The more we add the value that God adds to our lives, into our lives, the more we align with his character, with his values, and, and we have integrity in our lives, the more we, we, we uh, take God's word in and apply it to our lives in our hearts and in our spirits, the brighter our light shines in this world. All it takes is just choosing to be salt and seeing our light begin to shine. Because I don't, you don't need me to tell you, we, we live in a, a grossly dark, septic, decaying world, don't we, Chapel? That needs Christ's people to be salt and light. The troubling news is, man, we, we, live, we live in a grossly decaying and broken, septic, dark world. But the good news is that, guess what? We can be salt and light. The darker the room, the easier it is to shine. Amen? The darker the room, the easier it is to see even the faintest of lights. The more we see the world around us decaying, the easier it is to identify it and spread some salt, delay the decay, and bring healing. You have never had a better opportunity to be salt and light than you do today. Right now, walk out of the doors, live life as salt, live life as light, and see God use you, bring glory to your Father who is in heaven. Amen? See Him do it in your heart, in your life. Your light, reflecting from the Father Himself, can bring hope to others in dark seasons. Show them the proof of what God can do. I have a few scriptures I want to read, and then I want to pray for you, and we'll be on our way. Psalm 27.1. Actually, close your eyes and just, just hear these fresh in you and your, your spirit. Psalm 27.1 says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Some of you in the room, you're, you've been afraid lately. I don't know what it is. You know what it is. But that resonates with you. Psalm 27.1, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Who shall I fear? Psalm 119. 130 says, The unfolding of your words gives light. It imparts understanding to the simple. You're needing wisdom today. You got a decision coming up you're needing to make. The unfolding of your words gives light. It imparts understanding to us. Isaiah 9 2. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. John 8, 12, again, Jesus spoke to them and he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Then Isaiah 61 through 5 says this, says, Arise, listen to this, Christian. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, 
and thick darkness the peoples, but the Lord will arise upon you, and His glory will be seen upon you, and the nations shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. Lift up your eyes all around and see that, they, that all that gather, that they would come to you. Your sons shall come from afar. Your daughters shall be carried on the hip. Then you shall see and be radiant. Your heart shall thrill and exult. Because the abundance of the sea shall be turned to you, the wealth of the nations shall come to you. Later on in Isaiah 60 it says, But the Lord will be your everlasting light, and your God will be your glory. Your sun shall no more go down, nor your moon withdraw itself. For the Lord will be your everlasting light, and your days of mourning shall be ended. He says, In its time I will hasten it. Jesus, we thank you that you have called us to be salt and light. I pray that our character and our lives would reflect that in all that we do and all that we are. And if you're here this morning, I, I want to give you an opportunity to accept the source of the salt and light. You'd say, Anthony, I, I, want, I want Jesus to be a part of my life. I've pushed him away for a long time. But today, I want to be a, reflect, a reflection of that light. I want to have that salt in my life. If that's you, would you raise your hand right now and say, that's me. I want to, I want to be salt and light. Anybody else? God wants to just move in your heart and your life today. I want, to, I, want to, I want to receive this salt and light. I want to be... I want to be a bearer of this light. Anybody else? Anybody else? A few people said, yeah, that's me. I want to, I want to commit my heart. I want to accept him into my heart and my life today. Would, would you guys just pray this with me? You can just say it right there at your seat. And you can just say, Jesus, help me. Help me to be who you called me to be. God, come into my life. Take away, God, all the reasons, all the ways that I've hurt you, all the ways, God, that I've broken your heart, and help me to live for you. Help me to walk in your light and in your truth and be the salt and light in this world. I accept you into my heart. I accept you into my life. And I want to live for you wherever I go, whatever I do. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, can we give God praise for those people that pray that today? If you pray that today, I want to encourage you, stop by Connection Point on your way out. We have some great resources that we would love to put in your hand and just help you as you move along in this journey of faith. And last question today, uh, if you'd say, Anthony, I, I want to continue to be salt and light in this world. The world needs you, chapel. Needs you. Needs you to be salt. Needs you to be light. Say, so I want to continue to be salt and light in the world. If that's you, would you just stand to your feet this morning? I want to pray for you. Come on, this one's easy. Come on, I want to be salt and light. I want to be salt and light in this world. I want to be salt and light. God, thank you, God, that you've called us to be salt and light. Hey, who I am and what I do, God, draw people to you and your kingdom. I let it change people in such a way, God, that they say that cannot happen. That there, there's no way that that person could do that. It has to be something that's going on in their life, and we can share with them about you and your love and your grace and your goodness and how you are our source. God, we love you. God, our community needs us to be salt and light. Our world needs us to be salt and light. Help us to walk out this calling that you've placed on us 
daily, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen.